I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It is Monday night, September the 14th, 2020, and no, you don't have 1820 vision, you have 2020 vision, ha ha ha, Daryl Rivera, yes, it is Monday, the man to the right, the handsomest man in all the land, the sexiest combat sports journalist, who, for some unknown reason, will not sleep with Jennifer Lopez, and I'm still I never trying. Said to... that. Dude, <laughs> you did. I did not say that. Dude, I have been getting freaking you twisted. Messages. My words. No, I did not. I have been getting messages about this for the last since Friday night. People were wondering what is Daryl thinking, and I'm like, I've got no idea. I was trying to figure out why or why you and Jay, you didn't want some of J-Lo's booty. That's one fine booty. But before we start, though, and I promised this on Friday, and we're going to do it. I'm going to dedicate this show. He's going to give a special shout-out to Daryl's future father-in-law, Mr. Bob Serrata Jr., Bob. I love you already. I don't even know you, but you sound like one hell of a guy. I kind of guy I would like to hang out with. You're getting a special shout out. This show is for you, Bob. Told you I was going to do it. I finally forgot about that. Hell no. I got it written down right here, son. Look. Boom. What a good journalist does. He takes notes up in his shit. I always got this next to me. It's a happy Bridget. Monday. Everyone's wondering why. Shout out. Everyone I'm happy because it's Monday. Start of an exciting fight week. I start my week, and I I was off today, and I get to look at your handsome face. Don't get too excited. It may not last more than another two minutes because you, you are bound to say something. Like my wife, you are bound to say something that is going to get me upset this evening. 
I mean, that's the goal at this point. I mean, there's nothing more entertaining than a fired up Steve, Steve Milhouse in here. <laughs> Everyone likes seeing me fired up, and I don't know why. You get good rants. That, what can I say? Now, was it a good thing, or is that a bad thing? It's a good thing. It's entertaining to watch. Was it as, Is it as entertaining as Monday Night Raw this evening? Maybe more. Raw was spotty at best, in my opinion. All right. We saw a Monday Night we'll, Raw. We'll dig into this. We saw a Monday Night Raw with the dream main event, a sloppy women's title match, and some intriguing things, including, in my mind, the best Raw underground ever. We also have a current champion shockingly renewing with WWE and some big boxing news, two big title rematches, one set to take place at the end of this year and the other one. <laughs> I'm leaving him when, yes, I put sloppy women's raw women's title to show you how I really feel about this show. But two intriguing boxing title rematches, one to take place at the end of 2020 and one at the beginning of 2021. This is the Walkway, the Fight Club. I am Steven Mielhausen, Daryl Rivera to the right. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple, guys. Hit that subscribe button. Boom, boom. And just hit that like button. Give it the, the old thumbs up. Do you want to give it a thumbs down? We'll accept that, too. We understand. Tell but us tell why. us why. Just tell us why. That's all I want to know. If you're watching via Facebook, we're on Facebook Live. Apparently, I hit the wrong button again. According to my wife, she just let me know. I do apologize. Just give a reaction to how you feel about the video. Hey, Lynn. That's all you got to do. She loving. She's at work. Oh, she made sure she let me know. I, I hit the wrong button to something. And just give a reaction to the video. Just, hit, just like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page and hit that follow page as well. This will also be available on, on podcast. They'll be available late tonight via iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. I got to give you guys credit. We're getting a ton of downloads since Friday through the weekend. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. It is greatly appreciated. Now that we got all that out of the way. Now on to the good stuff. And, and leave your questions and comments, by the way. You already got a couple comments. So leave your questions and comments. Tell us how you feel about Raw. Anything, the two big title fights in boxing and a shocking, at least to me, a shocking WWE signing. I'm shocked this guy stayed. But we will start with what a lot of people felt already was the best part of Raw. Because we saw a dream match in the main event. Keith Lee meeting WWE champion Drew McIntyre. For Keith Lee to, if Keith Lee won, he would get in the WWE championship match. If Randy Orton is not unable to make it. Is Orton got hurt last week by McIntyre and a very weird stipulation. I kind of thought it's like I was thinking one thing when they announced, like when I heard the match was going to happen. And I'm like, okay, Keith Lee's got to go over here somehow. Orton's going to come out. We're going to see an RKO and we're going to call it a day. We didn't get that. I thought we got something a little bit better, but I thought they'll the build to this main event, I thought was well done. 
don't get me wrong. The match is still the match still happened way too soon. You gave you're giving away money. I'm not a fan of giving away money because that's a money main event you can have down the line. But I thought for what they did in the confines, the only restraints they put themselves in. For three hours, you had me intrigued. And I was excited to see the match. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. Like I, I agree with you, they're throwing away money by making this money match on free TV. But at the same time, it built the way they ended up doing it. It helped out Keith Lee. It helped out McIntyre. It helped set up the match and Night of Champions and stuff like that. It it, it worked its purpose essentially because Keith Lee, McIntyre, two of the best workers in WWE right now. But it lived up to the hype. Everything that happened throughout the show, that beginning segment, everything in, in the middle of it, and then leading up to the show, even the, the ending, ending it at a no contest, that was the key right there. Just because you mentioned it was too soon. You couldn't have either of these guys go over on the other unless it was interference or whatever the thing was. No contest was a perfect way to go on this. And honestly, it was pretty entertaining to watch. Now I enjoyed before we talk about more what led to the no contest. I just thought the I thought Drew cut a good interview to be and I rewatched it a little bit and I saw like the little clips and it looked like he cut a good promo at the beginning. Because I missed the first 20 minutes of the show. Son was on a play date where he kicked some Rudy Tootie booty. First time ever, DY playing Candyland. He stomped. He stomped. And I know the dad's watching, so that's what I'm going to say, too, because it did happen. Stomped this girl, this his friend, his little girlfriend across the street. Stomped her in Candy Lane twice. Had never played Candy Lane in his life. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, that means are gamer. A, are you a fan of the Candy Lane? Yeah. I play with my little sister all the time. Whenever I go visit now, my parents. Now, I got a question for you. Do you let her win? Or... You just stomp her into oblivion and win. Let her win at the beginning. Once she starts talking trash, then I bring it back. I'm like, all right, all right. Let, let's stomp this into the ground now. You're done. Love it. Love it. Boom, boom. Love it. Build the confidence I, I, up and then just grab a sledgehammer and tear it down. Like, I didn't even feel bad that he won, even though he had never – I was expecting him to lose. I'm like, okay, he, he knows all his colors. He, that's not an issue. I'm just like, he's probably either A, going to get bored because he gets irritated easy. Or he's going to be like, or he's just going to go for blood and he's going to stomp her. And that's what he ended up doing. And it's a girl that likes him. He plays that whole hard to get deal already at four, which I find quite humorous. I don't it's know got where he It's got game. I don't know where he's why. I don't know what he's who he's seeing it from. Probably his mother. <laughs> I ain't taking play for that. I ain't taking credit for that. But let's get back to the main event. And I thought a real a really good solid promo by Drew. And then I'm just like they had that in, the, the interview with Keith Lee and Charlie Caruso. Lee saying, "We may be friends, but I'm going after that job. I'm going. I'm going for the WWE Championship. That's why I'm here." Short succinct just this delivery daryl so good it's like he doesn't sound scripted he's got it 
he's got that cadence down how he needs to do it to a T, and I'm all about it. I'm all about that with Keith Lee. I think it's a really well done. At, at first, I, I I was thinking that they dropped the ball with him. They tried to change up too much, and now when you you start to see like they they listen to the fans because everybody was complaining about it, and now they're letting him more be more like, hey, just just do you. You can tell in the promo. You can tell when he's walking around the ring. You can tell when he's running. They're letting him progressively do better. They're working on his attire today. They brought a singlet, or a, which was new. I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess this it is was better. awesome. Yeah. You know why it was good? Because it like showed his pecs. It showed it like he's jacked. And I th- and the coolest thing about it, it was the Black Lives Matter outfit. I thought that was cool. Because I know he's really been active in that. And I, I don't, and we're not going to talk politics. But just, and I didn't notice it at first. And then someone brought it up. And I saw it when they were brawling. And I'm like, oh, man, that's really cool. So I just thought, I really thought that overall was really cool. Like you said, the gear was really cool. You could tell the promos are really good. And I just love when Drew cut, the, cut his promo later on in the show. Lee came up and he's like, oh, you know, you what you insinuate. It sounds like, you know, you bought the RKO and you didn't think I'd be able to kick out. And then like he was getting ready to tap the belt. Drew was like, no, no, no. And he did it two more times. And then that short little uppercut from Drew and good brawl came back like, couple minutes later, Drew's wrapping the hands. They go right back at it. Adam Pierce, by the way, superstar. Adam Pierce has been the super one of the big superstars to me since they've been at the Thunderdome. Telling them, if you do, don't stop. You're not getting a t- there's no match tonight. No title matches at Clash of Champions. And then the match was good. Like I thought like the match was solid. It wasn't what I've seen when they wrestled in Evolve. Like, their Evolve matches were freaking awesome. This is, was like maybe 20% of what they can show in the ring together. And uh, McIntyre went for the Claymore. Lee went for the Spirit Bomb. Drew slipped out. And then uh, they hit the flying cross bodies. They hit each other. And then Retribution came out beat him down. Here came the Hurt Business. They were battling on the outside, and then flying sentons from Drew and uh, Keith Lee over the top. They both got up and stared each other down. What were you saying to me before we came on about what you thought about the end of the show? Because I thought what you said to me was quite intriguing. I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, I love the fact... I love that up until the point at the ending. Like, I like the Centon bombs, like the suicide bombs and everything. What I didn't like is that they made Retribution basically stay down the entire... The Hurt Business came out. Four guys took on... I don't know. I, I lost count of... Like, I think it was like 12, 12 of them. It made them look like... I get it. The Hurt Business is four guys that can legitimately beat up every single one of those guys in a real fight. But at the same time, we're trying to build Retribution to be a threat. When you have Retribution, you know, kind of like 
little dally here, and out of nowhere, two guys with sentons take them all out. In my opinion, it made them look weak. Everything they did up until that point, what I would have done is have them take everybody out. And then Liam McIntyre just stayed out. You already had the no contest. There's no reason why you got to have, like, I like the stare down at the end, but at the same time, it hurt one thing just to put over two things that are already over, if that makes sense. The hurt business coming out, though, that was pretty badass because they came out there in suits and everything. Like, All right. right. You guys want to fight? We're going to fight. Here we go. That was pretty cool. Now, do you feel because now you're getting into something here, and I like this. Do you feel they sacrificed retribution to further the Lee McIntyre storyline? Yeah, and they they always do that. They always grab a storyline that's gaining steam, and they're willing to sacrifice just to put over something else that has nothing to do with it. Retribution has been an entire like WWE problem. They went from having him both on Monday and on, on uh, Monday and Friday to now only on Monday. And now they're having them get their asses handed to them, for lack of a better term, by the Hurt Business and McIntyre and Lee. So where are you guys going with this? And now they're showing more of the face, so fans are now starting to see who's who. Yeah. Which I it's saw not. some theories. It's not good. They're kind of – they're getting sloppy The the idea at the beginning was fantastic if they would have exactly. done it right. But now they're reverting back to their old ways of booking things, and now they're screwing it up. A.K.A. Vince McMahon losing patience on an angle. And you know what? He shanks it and cuts it up. Because I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure like every Raw every week, Vince McMahon decides to rewrite it like an hour before the show anyway. So, See, I haven't heard anything about that this week. As I've been hearing the last like month. So as far as I know, there was really no major script changes, and Vince showed up long before this show even started. Um I couldn't agree more. I hate agreeing with you, but you're exactly right. They really hurt them here. And you can't go build up this act as renegades and you have them go and kick everyone's ass and and then come out and have this happen. It felt like every time it feels like they take three steps forward, they end up taking four back. And it's a you keep going uphill and you're ruining the act. I would have had them plow through the hurt business. If you want to have them do double sentons, okay, you can go off that thing of all oh, they didn't see it coming, blah, 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 blah. I can logistically, I can honestly buy that. It makes, theoretically, it makes sense. But the in only this, thing- this instance, it doesn't make sense at all. Because I would have left with them all laying and not having Lee and McIntyre got up. You could have got me there, and I would have went off. And I would have won. I don't even know what the air is. Right for sure. I think Modern Family. I would have went to Modern Family, and then you're good from there. I think the way they just did that, I thought was pretty sloppy. Something I would have done differently, it, and it's something small, and it could have saved you know not only retribution, but it, you could have had the stare down. 
instead of taking everybody out, you were taking out the Hurt Business and a couple of the members of Retribution. Then after staring each other down, strengthening numbers, boom, two guys blindside them and take them out. Two guys that weren't involved in that takedown, boom. And now you have the stare down that you wanted, which is great. And then you have Retribution still coming out, hey, strengthening numbers. There's a lot of us. We're a problem. We're an issue. And it builds that storyline. But what do I know? <laughs> I love what we Me and you always end up saying, well, what the hell do we know? Leave questions and comments, guys. Make sure you, you chime in. We got a couple comments. We'll let it pile up a little bit. But now, what does this make you more want to see at Clash of Champions? Do you want to see Lee and McIntyre? Or McIntyre and Orton. What do you want at to see? Clash, at Clash of Champions, I want to see McIntyre Orton. Just because I'd rather save I'd rather save Lee and McIntyre for a bigger show. Now you start seeing fans in AEW shows, and you start seeing that's a match you gotta have fans on because it'll make it, make it that much better. Lee and McIntyre had this aura with the fans that anything they do, that will amplify it by about 20% easily. Whereas Orton McIntyre, it's built for this this kind of no fan situation. Because they've already they already have the storyline. Lee and McIntyre can build it up even more and make that money later on. Because Clash of Champions is in one week. You don't have enough built to build a storyline match between McIntyre and Lee right now. Like you can build up on the past that evolved because they own the rights to it now. Yeah, but I don't think that's enough. You got to give it time here. Have McIntyre watch Orton away and then continue. Or do you go the route of a three-way? I don't. I'll tell you my idea of why I don't like that. But would you? Would you be opposed to a three-way? I would still, I would still only have McIntyre Orton, just because you gotta, you gotta get that. You're, you're making one rivalry turn into three, and that's something they always do, and they end up overshadowing one of the three. Orton, McIntyre, and Lee are three of your biggest superstars right now. You can't have one get overshadowed. You have to have single and single. Survivor Series is coming up. That's a big enough stage that you can have Lee McIntyre. That's a big enough stage you can have a triple a triple threat. But at Clash of Champions, I'd rather just have the Orton McIntyre. If it's an ambulance match, maybe Lee gets involved. I just don't want to see him in the decision. If he if he's gonna be involved, I'd rather have that, have him getting involved somehow, than having him involved in the match as an actual announcement. And then hmm. have him cost the match. That leads into Survivor Series, then you can have your triple threat. But you don't have enough build yet to make a triple threat one week away. Especially an ambulance match. How would that work? <laughs> you got to put us both. It's WWE, man. You could go like any which way here. You, you really gotta tie, can. You got to tie him up, put him in there, take him away. <laughs> I am Stephen Mulehausen from DAZN and Sporting News. To the right of, to next to me is combat sports, sports journalist Daryl Rivera. We're recapping 
WWE Monday Night Raw. Thank you, everyone, for bouncing in and out of here. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple, guys. Subscribe to the channel. Give a thumbs up to the video and leave a question or comment. The same thing for Facebook Live. Simple. Leave a reaction how you feel about the video. And like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. And also give us a follow. And leave any questions and comments you have. They are starting to pour in. I think they go, and I hate saying this, but it's so WWE to do three ways. It really is. I think they go... I think they go a three-way. Then Keith Lee's going to unfortunately end up in that ambulance. And they go with Drew and Orton. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope they do Drew and Randy. I think they was this was just a teaser. Just to see, okay, what's the fan interest going to be with Lee and McIntyre? I want to see that now more than I want to see Drew and Orton. And I like what they've done with Drew and Orton. I thought what they did, at, what we discussed what they did at SummerSlam was well done. Neither guy hit their finisher, which made that exciting. Because you don't have to even give Keith Lee the title shot at Hell in a Cell. Well, I think what they're going to do, and this kind of gives them an out, you do the ambulance match, and then you do the whole big blow off at Hell in a Cell. Because that's when you can do the finishers and whose finisher is better and you can go with whatever direction they're going to go and you go off on your merry way. So then I think through the winter, you they'll go with Keith Lee and they'll see what, and then we'll see what they do at that point. But I think this is just a teaser. I hope they do not I agree with you. Pray to God. They do not do, do a three way and we get some good action. I think we will, because I think any route they go, the matches will be good. And that's the most important thing. That and good storytelling. And what they're doing with the top program is really well done. All right, let's get to the other big thing on the show that was hyped. And, oh, I, I thought I had them. There we go. The sl- and I'm going to get flagged for this. But that, that was not the intention. The, the sloppy Raw women's title match. Asuka retained over Mickey James to remain the Raw Women's Champion. Good Lord, this was fucking sloppy. Whoever thought, I never thought I would say, Daryl, that Asuka had a bad match. But this match was the worst match Asuka has had in WWE. Bar none. She could not. And that's Asuka facing Nia Jax multiple times. This was bad. This was bowling shoe ugly. And Mickey James gets all the blame. And even Asuka, the great Asuka, couldn't save this train wreck. It was sloppy. It was hard to follow. It was slow. I lost interest way too quick. It, it was just one of those things that, like, I don't mean to diss them too much. Just because I know... Mickey James hasn't been wrestling in the past, what, two years? Wait, oh, hold on. Back the hell up. She's a 20-year veteran. There's no damn excuses. Okay, hold on. Hold no, on. no excuses hold at on. all. Hold we don't want to hear that crap. Go ahead. Hold on. I, you I'm playing on. devil's advocate here. No. Hold on. No. See, I'm already getting you going. 
I'm doing my job. Man, it was fucking awful. It was. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Two great talents, and that match was pitiful. I would have rather have seen Lana in the match. Oh, wait. Don't go that far. Oh, I will, my friend. Not go that far. That's too far. You have taken it too far. Oh, no, I have not. Oh, yes, you have. We saw Lana in the show, and you saw what happened. Oh, we're going to get to that train wreck. That wasn't as big a train wreck as what we saw in the high-profile match. That was, This was freaking awful. It's like I texted you. It was very Beautiful. underwhelming for something that was billed as much as it was. They spent three weeks trying to build this matchup, and it, it, it flopped. It flopped like a fish. You know what the sad part was? You really want to know what the sad part was? Hit me. The sad part was, Daryl, that Mickey James cut a hell of a promo to begin the show, to, to hype up the match. I was legit excited. And it turned into a shit show. That sucked. It sucked. Yep. It was pitiful. Especially going from Oscar Bailey, Oscar Sasha, not too long ago, and you follow up with that. It was bad. I hate saying it. Yeah, it, it sucks bad. to say. It sucks to say because it was two great talents. They just they just didn't deliver. What do you think happened? I think Mickey James lost a step. And I think Asuka went down to her level as opposed to carrying her into the match. In my opinion. Because Mickey James, we've seen her in her prime. She was fantastic. She can go with anybody. But I did mention two years off. She's a twenty year vet. She might have lost a step. She couldn't keep up. Might be what happened. It was hard this to follow. Oscar, Oscar matches are known for what? They're hard hitting. They're fast. And they they go from the get-go. I never thought at any point that this was hard hitting or fast. At any point. No. Should they have done the match? The build to it was fine. I just think they took too long. If you would have made it a hard-hitting, fast, like, five-minute match, I'm fine with it. As long as it was quick and, you know what, you build it up for three weeks. It's Mickey James probably, you know, last couple of title, maybe last match ever. And then, I don't know, it just the screw finish even that too. It was something that... It happened. I think it had to happen, but I didn't think it was going to flop this bad. That's the part that just like was so devastating to me. Because I was, like he said, the build of this was great. It was amazing. Not amazing, but the build was really good. 
And they went and, and this happened. And because the promo was good, you had me invested. It was the whole, this could be my last shot at the Raw women's title scenario. Which was the right way to go about it. That was fine. But then we got a hot mess. She was slow. Everything looked at man five, six, seven, eight, nine times ten slow times slower than what I'm used to seeing with her. And Asuka just looked baffled. They it got clunky like it was less than three minutes in. And it just they can never get into a rhythm. And it wasn't because of Asuka. And I can't I hate saying it because I love Mickey James. But I think it's time for her to go. I hate saying that. Maybe it's an asshole thing to say. But I don't think it's time for her to go. go. I think it's just she's no longer she sh- no longer should be in the title picture. I can still like see her like the women's tag titles are still up there. She can be an attraction there, you know, form a tag team with somebody. Really want to know what the- and go after those titles. That's some that's an option. You have options for Mickey James. Because sure, she had a bad big profile match. Because she's she can still work the small profile ones. The women's tag title is not deep enough to have contenders every week. You need you need people for that division. Now that Bailey and Sasha are gone, the iconics are split up for God knows what reason. You're you're gonna need depth in there. Because you can't throw out the riot squad versus Shayna Baszler and uh, Nia Jax every week or for the until fucking mania. I bet. You can say half pounds are fine. You're good. You're good. It was just bad. It was fucking bad. Plain and simple, it was fucking bad. And it's okay to say. We're going to critique things on this show. They're good, bad, or indifferent, you know? And it's one of those things that where. You don't want to say it, but sometimes you have to. You gotta. You can't. We can't always be. I don't say there can't be cookie cutting stuff. Yes, there's too many of those podcasts already. I I don't have time for. Hey, let's be nice and let's let's be all rah rah like a bunch of cheerleaders and let's get our pom poms out. That's not my style. That's not my cup of tea. So. Good things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. That's part of life. And I'm more than willing to accept that. All right. Let's get into the show. Michael Cole, Dolph Ziggler, and Byron Saxton. Michael Cole said Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe were off this week. This is the second week in a row. We have not seen Tom Phillips, and we have seen Michael Cole. Now, I have asked what is going on with Tom Phillips. I have not gotten an answer. I don't know what the hell's going on. Something's not right, though. 
I don't know if Phillips has got COVID. As I've asked. No one wants to squeal. So I don't know if he's got what's wrong. But it's interesting. I don't know where Samoa Joe is at. I've heard a rumor. I'm not going to speculate on the rumors. I'm not even. I heard about it right at the end of the show. I was told something, but I don't know what, how valid it is. So I'm going to. Hopefully, I will have an update on Samoa Joe on Tuesday. For you guys tomorrow, we'll maybe. Could be a possible breaking news audio, is all I will say about that. But, um, I'm going to write that I don't know down. Where I'm going to ask you but I will. I will say, it was refreshing. I Ligler, too bad they just couldn't get rid of Byron. Byron Saxton <laughs> is damn awful, man. Good Lord, is he awful. We already went to the Drew promo, and we'll skip that. Go into the Raw, the title, the Champions versus Champions match, the Street Profits against Cesaro, the SmackDown champs, Cesaro and Nakamura. This was fun. I got, a good, I got a good fun match to kick off the show. Ford won for a dive, but Cesaro and Nakamura caught him before dry, dropping him on the edge of the barricade. Then those stupid plant fans on the stupid LED board chaining, we want the smoke. So damn stupid. Dawkins got the hot tag, hit Nakamura with some clotheslines, spinning back elbow, and a T-bone suplex. Nakamura came back with a, a beautiful sliding German suplex. I thought that. But Dawkins caught him with a spine buster. The spine buster. Whoo! Angel Dawkins is awesome. 41 for the Sprock. Frog splash. Nakamura got his knees up. Got a two count. Cesaro used a big swing. Nakamura hit a drop kick, but Dawkins broke up the count. Cesaro kicked out of a schoolboy, hit a big uppercut for a near fall, followed up with a series of uppercuts in the corner. A beautiful superplex by uh, Cesaro. Dawkins had made the blind tag. Dawkins gave Cesaro a frog splash for the win. And the straight prop, the Raw Tag Team Champions beat SmackDown Tag Team Champions clean. That was a big surprise. That I was not expecting to see. Your thoughts on the win made man. I thought if the match was gonna go a non-finish that wasn't the main event, I would have expected it to be this one. And they went to a non-fit, they went straight clean pinfall for the street profits. Quite interesting. A good match, though. I thought it was fun. I liked it. It was an four guys that can work, all four guys can work their asses off. Now as for the finish, I like the finish just because you've had the Street, street Profits stuck in a rivalry with the same two tag teams since March. But Andrade and Garza and uh, the Viking Raiders, or the War Raiders, whatever they're called this week, um, you have them stuck in that. You need a refreshing thing. You, made them, you needed them to look legit. But the same thing could have been said for Nakamura and Cesaro. I could see why you might have wanted to see a non-finish, but I think with the actual finish, it, it was a very fast, very entertaining match that needed a finish, and I think the Street Profits taking it was the right call, just because they needed that that push. I don't think Cesaro and, Nak- and Nakamura are going to be SmackDown tag, tie- tag champs for the longest time. I think they're going to lose them soon. So... 
make the longer reigning champs look good. And that's what this accomplished. I do agree. I hate that. Stop it. I hate agreeing with you too. It pisses me off. We gotta start getting start gotta start getting mad at each other. About something. Smart, uh, smart people agree with each other. <laughs> Lana spoke with Angel Garza backstage. I thought it was crazy. Mickey James was getting a title shot when it should be Natalia. Garza. Now that Rusev's gone, Garza can flirt with Lana, but was quickly interrupted by Selena Vega and Andrade. Lana left. Vega wasn't happy with uh, Garza. Garza said he was being tired of being blamed for everything and noted that the golden boy Andrade was the one who got pinned. Andrade and Garza argued until Vega interrupted them. She said she couldn't do this anymore and stormed off. She shoved Andre- Garza shoved Andrade and they brawled and they quickly went to a commercial. Boom business. I like... <laughs> I don't know why I said boom business. The hurt business came down at the ring with their newest member, the handsome, the dapper, Cedric Alexander. We need to see said in the threads. We saw it at the end of the show. But Alexander's talking about why he joined the Hurt Business. Out came Apollo and Ricochet. Then from there, I thought some good mic work from Cedric, from Ricochet, and from Apollo. Cedric and Ricochet had to match a solid match. I thought it was the best fire we had seen from Ricochet in a while. Went for a shooting star press. Missed. Such a kid, the Michinoku driver. Then a lumbar check. <laughs> I love Daryl, and he hit the lumbar check. He like went boo, 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 boo. I thought that was pretty cool. The background. Cedric gets the pin. The background goes black, and then all the LED boards had the retribution signs. They talked about how they're going to be taking over Raw, blah, blah, blah. And more people came out at the end and said they are coming very soon. I like Cedric and Ricochet. I was very... Where's this fire been from Ricochet? It seems like it's just been missing. I thought it was well done. And he actually enjoyed Ricochet tonight. Yeah. Ricochet can be good. You just have to pair him up with somebody that he can work with. Ricochet is known... He's a high flyer who works fast. You need somebody that can keep up with him. They've been matching him up with people who can't. And something I do want to touch on, I wanted to touch on this last week, but I couldn't do the podcast. When Cedric turned, why did they have three weeks worth of stuff in one week? They had the turn, they had the explanation, and they had the follow-up match all in one week. This week, you could have saved the matchup which was entertaining, don't get me wrong. I liked it. But you could have saved this for three weeks from now. You rushed everything and made it made it look very didn't make it look like a, as big of a deal as it should have been by doing that. I would have just like Alright, you had the turn. Done. You don't you don't touch that subject until next week. This week you would have had the explanation, maybe the match. Which you had. Or you would have had you know the same match. Huh? You know why? Come on. You know, you're a pretty smart guy. Why is that? Because it's WWE. 
Come on. Listen, that that's starting to be the 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 norm, and I hate it. So I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. What like, do I, I stop what doing? Do I, what do I keep telling you? Yeah. No, let the fans know. What do I keep telling you, Young Rivera? You might have to remind me. Never ever be surprised by what WWE does. They never do the logical. They do the illogical. I hate saying I it, but it's the truth. I didn't know where you were going with that. Like, where? No, you can't. In a situation like this, it's hard because you don't want to be critical. And we were talking about about being critical, but in this situation, you have to be because it's the same old rhetoric. It's the same old playbook. Who wants to keep seeing the same playbook? People are getting tired of it. SmackDown feels fresh because Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman feel like megastars. When no one else on that show does. That's the problem. Plain and simple. I hate saying that, but it's the honest to God truth. You know, whether we like it or not, it sucks. But it is what it is. Unfortunately, you know, and it's going to stay that way until Vince McMahon gets out of, gets the hell out of there. And that's a fact. It's not an opinion. And I wish I didn't have to say that guys. I really wish I didn't. Um, Mickey James. And the one thing they did say retribution before we go. It did say they were from NXT, from the Performance Center. So that's something to think about. If you're thinking about, okay, who are these cats going to be? I think we all can kind of see. But there is some new breaking news here. There are five confirmed members of Retribution. I have also confirmed this because that's why I was looking at my phone, guys, and I do apologize. I do have this confirmed. John Pollock from Post Wrestling reported, and I have confirmed that here are the five members right now. And this has been confirmed. Five members that are on the WWE's internal roster for retribution. Dominic Dijakovic. Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, Shane Thorne, and Dio Madden. That's why I was looking at my phone, and I do apologize. It's okay. Thank you for that. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out on the comments, because I did see that pop in. Matt no, Ward. Don't go. no, don't Matt. give Matt Ward credit yet. Yes, we'll I like that word. Man, I love you. It's right there. Um, I hate the fact that they did that. I hate a spoiled surprise. Spoilers are bad. I, Whenever they started Retribution, Sorry. what I mentioned earlier, no, not you. I'm not saying you. 
I'm saying they make it obvious. Huh? I'm just doing my job. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not blaming you. They do that all the time. They ruin a surprise by announcing it early. And the thing is, they didn't make it, they didn't try to hide it that well. Dio Moodin has a very distinctive look that you could, you didn't hide anything. His mask was big enough that you could see his entire face at the end there. I'm like, all right, well, that's that's Dio. See, I disagree with you. I didn't think it was none of those. I I knew Dijakovic and Mia Yim. That was yeah. pretty obvious. I had heard Mercedes Martinez's name bumbled, bumbled, bungled around and tossed around to me after she lost the takeover match. The um, Rhea Ripley on us uh, NXT last Tuesday. And I kept hearing that name throughout the week, but I couldn't get it confirmed. But I knew definitely Yim and Dijakovic. It's because Yim, A, Yim's dating Keith Lee. They're together, so they're going to be put together. That just logically makes sense. And I get it. But Shane Thorne's a little bit of a surprise. Dio Madden's a surprise. <laughs> I was, But I like Dio Madden. I, I think that's pretty cool to see. So, but no, I'm, there's going to be more. Obviously, there's more. So, let's get back to, let's get back to Raw. I wanted, there was some breaking news. I wanted to give you guys, I wanted to give that guys to you. Remember who you're, hey, the Chicago White Sox won again, people. Two games up. Boom. And we will continue. (laughs) A good promo. Mickey James. We were talking about this, just saying it could be her last shot at the women's title. She's going to give it everything she has. The Hurt Business talked to Adam Pierce. He told him, you can get rid of you can get rid of those boys and bring in the men. I thought that was a great line from MVP. And just said, they can help him ward off retribution and fear of losing his job. Could get fired. Pierce accepts and says he appreciates the charity. Her business mock him, and that was it was some great laughing from all four guys. And MVP laughs and says they aren't doing it for free, and we'll be sending him a bill. That was great. MVP was awesome tonight. I thought that was another no pun intended, but he was an MVP of this show tonight. I thought, yeah, he's MVP, and he said it when he was in the Bobby Lashley match. When he was in the mic, Michael Cole was like insinuating, "Oh, you're the president of the hurt business. You're like, you're the yeah. leader." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. I'm just the mouthpiece." And I'm like, "That's perfect. That's perfect because everybody knows that's what he is. He couldn't last two seconds in the ring with either Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, maybe Shelton Benjamin, maybe. Yeah. But he knows MVP on the mic is gold." And he's the perfect guy to be the mouthpiece of the group. I'm loving I all talk, of I want to talk about – we didn't get really into the women's title match, but we'll get into it now. Clunking early going, they blew a spot where they like – it was like they both went in the air, and, and neither one knew the spot of what to do, and they just went back to tussling and then trying to go over what they were going to do. So you kind of, you knew right there. You're like, 
this is not going to be good. Um, I was going to go right to near the finish. Asuka locked into Asuka lock. James appeared to reverse it for a pin. The referee didn't even count. Called for the bell and said Mickey James couldn't continue. She looked extremely baffled, as did I. Because she looked fine. What was with the finish? Or do you think it was just the match was already crap? And Vince McMahon told the referee, just call for the fucking bell and get this match done. I'm kind of thinking it was that, but that's just me. McMahon just grabs whatever plug he could see and just pulled it as hard as possible. He might have pulled the wall along with the plug. Because I, there's no way you you hype up the match and that was a planned finish. There's no follow-up. There can't no. be a follow-up. No. And Vince no. McMahon just said, told the referee, end this for God's sake. End it now. Because you could see the look on Mickey's face. She was... Like, what the hell? What the hell happened here? She just had that look. So you ha- I have to think. And that was the first thought that came into my mind. I'm like, this was bad enough where Vince is like, she gets it. Just freaking call the match. That's what I think. Thankfully, then Zelina Vega came out, which I was not expecting. She came storming down. She's challenging Asuka. Boom. I'm all down for the woman formerly known as Tia Trinidad to get in the ring. Looking forward to her getting a title shot because she's got something she always did when she was she was before she was in WWE. So I love the fact that she's finally going to be entering the picture and she can start being taken seriously for her in ring work because it appears she is done with Garza and Andrade. Yeah, and I mean. She she's talented in the ring. Did it, wasn't she in TNA? If I remember, yeah, yeah, she had a pretty good run in TNA. Her yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember what her name was. Was I don't I don't know. It, it doesn't really matter at this point. But in the ring, she's entertaining, and on the on the mic, she's entertaining. She has the ability to do both. So the fact that she's not only getting a, a like a title shot, but also just outright getting finally getting a spotlight as she deserves. She's not only a valet, she's actually a valuable asset in the ring that you can have. You can build her up. You know what? I'm done with you two idiots, Andrade and Garza, which was a storyline that they've been teasing since freaking March. And now it's all her. Give her the spotlight, see what see if she can grab the ball and roll with it. I'm all down for it. No, I'm down for it too. I think I'm definitely wanting to see that. So they go to the back. Keith Lee is with Charlie. And we went about that talking about the Keith Lee promo. We had the U.S. champ, Bobby Lashley, meeting Eric. Our best can our best wishes go out to Ivar, who will be having neck surgery tomorrow out with Dr. James Andrews out in Alabama due to the from the tope he hit last tried last week. He hurt his neck. He had been suffering. He'd been having some neck issues for a while. So the best of luck goes out to Ivar. Hopefully he does have. Hopefully he does have successful surgery. Because I trust me, I know neck surgery is not fun. So hopefully he comes out of it okay. Rosita was her name. What's that? Rosita was her name. Ah, there you go. Good job. Thank you, thank you, Matt Ward. That was going to drive me nuts. Matt Ward. 
Or it's become the de facto member of the Walkway to Fight Club comment section. Time. We, we always get a couple guys that just I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Got a lot of people jumping in here, so we'll look at real simple. Watching via YouTube, it's real simple. Just hit that subscribe button. It's not really hard. The Walkway to Fight Club, boom, hit it. You see it? Just subscribe. Then you hit that thumbs up button. That's all you got to do. Then you hit the share. Then you hit the share, yes. If you are, thank you. If you are watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video and leave a question or comment. And also follow and like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. Not much to the match. Nicely basically ran Eric over. Made Eric pass out through the hurt lock. A nice, quick, easy win for Bobby Lashley. By this point, MVP is on commentary for the people that don't. Then you got Seth Rollins in the back with Murphy. Send Murphy, you got one job tonight, kid. Just one. Pushes him against the locker room, all the way against the wall, and says, "That's stay in the back and stay out of the way." Seth Rollins, I was so critical of this gimmick when he started doing it. Now, I love it. I'm on board with the Monday Night Messiah. Are you on the train? Or are you still hesitant to jump on? I've been on the train since it started. Look at you. God, I hate you. Hey, I'm not lying. You, we can go back to the podcast. No, I know. I the fact we're agreeing. I thought maybe you would change your mind. No, the reason I'm loving it is because everybody got tired of the cookie cutter baby face Seth Rollins. Everybody wanted a change, and we got it. You know what? It's been working out for him because he's this conniving prick that everybody wants to see get its comeuppance. And you know what? It's working because you got a rookie in Dominic Mysterio that everybody wants to, to cheer. Plus, you always have Murphy there as his, um, what is it, disciple? Yeah. And everybody knows that Murphy can hold his own in a singles run. And it was just waiting for that moment. And the fact that they're doing it this way, I'm loving it. I'm loving the gimmick. I'm loving the potential that Murphy versus Rollins in the future is going to have. And I'll get to my next point once we go over the match really quick. Man, you've been in a cussing mood today. You okay? Did you have a good day? It's the Guinness, man. It makes me... You're blaming, you're blaming the beer. <laughs> All right, we'll get to get to the cage match here. It's Monday. Come on. Great, great match. Before we get to the match, commentators say a blockbuster trade took place where SmackDown sent Mandy Rhodes to Raw. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Mandy Rhodes as much as the next male does. She's got a couple things we all like about her. But, unless SmackDown is getting like Seth Rollins, Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton... This really isn't a victory. What's the blockbuster? Who's going to SmackDown? Who's Billy going? K. Billy Kay, baby. I have been hearing that. Peyton Roy. I'd rather see Peyton Royce go to SmackDown. I heard that someone from there, I guess, watched. And I got a message Saturday. So I guess Billy. I didn't even know Billy K came up on our podcast. I haven't. I know. I don't listen to him back. But 
Apparently she did. And said more than likely she's going to be ending up on SmackDown. So we'll see. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, Seth Rollins, Steel Cage match. Pretty good match. These two got really good chemistry together. Murphy came into the, came to the ringside area early on, handing Rollins a kendo stick, beat the living bejesus out of Dominic Mysterio. And less than five minutes in, we get a damn commercial break. Why does WWE, before we continue, why does WWE do this? WWE did this in the main event too tonight. I think Lee and McIntyre are in the ring for about 90 seconds and we got our commercial break. Why do they always do this? Let these good matches breathe. You got a big match? Play the damn match. Who cares about hitting your commercials? Load them on somewhere else. Just put them before the match even starts. Like you have a promo before the match starts. Cool. After the promo, go to commercial break. When you come back, boom, music hits. We're going into the matchup. I didn't need to see the ring being constructed. I didn't need to see the crew putting the cage together. And then the music hits. Exactly. Do it then. Put a commercial break a minute into the Riot Squad and Lana and Natalia match. I would have rather seen that. <laughs> they come back. Rounds laying a beating into Mysterio. Until Ray gives Dominic a kendo stick of his own and beats Rollins. Silly. Dominic tried to climb out of the cage. Rollins meets him up there. Rollins racked him in between uh, on the ropes. And a cool spot, Dominic did it right back to Seth. I thought that was pretty cool. You don't see that often where you see the double nutcracker from the cage. So I thought that was, that was something different. Dominic tried to escape and in another good spot. Ray was helping him out, pulling him. Murphy grabs the cage, slams Mysterio, throws him into the barricade, gives him a beating. Then Rollins is walking to the cage to exit, and Murphy has his back to the cage and slams the door into Seth. Uh-oh. I don't like what's going to happen to Murphy here. Murphy's going to be in some trouble, Daryl. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to be in a little bit of trouble here. Dominic goes to the top, hits a frog splash for a two. Dominic goes back to the top. Seth meets him there. A beautiful, this was a great spot. Dominic's trying to get over. Seth gets him back in. Very, uh, just flowed perfectly right into the superplex from the top of the cage, right into a Falcon Arrow for a two. For, not a Falcon's Arrow, Michael Cole. A Falcon Arrow for a two count. Falcon's Arrow. <laughs> Michael Cole, that's why he sucks ass. That is my opinion. A few short moments later, Rollins hits a curb stomp, looks at the Mysterio family, hits another one for the one, two, three, your winner, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Stares down the Mysterio family while he's walking out. Murphy's holding begrudgingly the cage door open. He walks to Murphy and proceeds to beat him down within an inch of his life. Slams the cage door in his face, beats his ass some more. Rollins is staring at Ray's wife and daughter. Hopefully, and looking towards the daughter, hopefully she turns out better than him. I like when the the what when the family goes in, in the ring, the daughter checked on Murphy. Little things, pal. 
little things. Yeah. Maybe that's leading to something. Maybe. She's pretty cute, by the way. I'm just she, saying. She was cute. Yeah. She was cute. I'm trying to think. She. Yeah. I don't remember if she's like my age or. She's cute. Very cute. Her aligning with Murphy, another Mysterio in the wrestling business. Okay, okay, I can be, I can be down for that. What you th- what you think of the match? I thought the match was pretty good. These two have, yeah, they've wrestled like eighty times now in the last couple weeks, but they got a good chemistry in the ring. I gotta give Dominic credit. Dominic's looked, hey, you're in there with Seth Rollins, but you can see, you can see the improvement in him already, and I think that's a testament to him, and at least to me that shows. How much he wants it. Yep. I love the match. And like you mentioned, Mysterio and Rollins did look good. Mysterio's looking good every week. Like, he's looking better and better and better as he goes. Like, it's looking like he can handle more spots. Last week's match against Murphy was pretty good. When you, excuse me, when you have, in my opinion, one of the most talented wrestlers in, in the business right now, and uh, Rollins, leading the way for him. He's in good hands. Now, that being said, can we please end this rivalry? In my opinion, it's gone too damn long. This thing should have been the pasture at SummerSlam. That's what it should have ended. The result should be Rollins goes over. Because at some point, he's going to have to go back for the title again. And Mysterio, Dominic cannot just go over on the former world champ. This is where you end it. Now let's get started on the Murphy-Rollins saga. Let's go there. But enough of Dominic and Ray versus Seth Rollins. I'm. It's getting tiring. It's getting long. Look at and you. I've, I've, I've seen it too many times. It's getting like a repetitive movie. It's WWE, man. They love beating. They love beating everything into the ground. Until you get sick and tired of it. That's what I love about AEW is they give it to you once, and then who knows when you see it again. Yep. It's the one thing that separates them from WWE, which is a v- appealing not just to media, but the fans and to the talent. Talk to plenty of WWE talent who says they're, they don't like repetitive matches. They find it annoying more often than not. Can't, but, can't wait for that false count anywhere. Dominic versus Seth Rollins. This program seems to be over because the cage matches usually, normally with WWE, some type of cage match or stipulation match usually means the end of the program. See, so I we would have thought that if Mysterio Zotter didn't check on Murphy. That's when I'm like, this isn't over, is it? So maybe she's just going to align with Murphy. Maybe. We shall see. But no, I think does maybe Dominic joins up with Seth. You know, good old Pa keeps putting him in letting him putting him in these spots here. Does maybe. I can also do without without the entire Mysterio family coming out every as if it's going to be Dominic's last match. Hey, if, the, if I get to see the great Ray Mysterio and I get to see his daughter, hey, well, that's not such a bad thing, Rivera. 
It's getting repetitive. What's getting repetitive is seeing the same match. That I agree with. I think now Seth's going to go to Murphy. and I think Dominic may be aligning with old Seth. Just a hunch. I don't know anything. I would love that. I would love to see that because it's something new. And turn on his father. That would be phenomenal. Mysterio versus Mysterio. Let's see it. Raw Underground. I was. This was, in my mind, the best Raw Underground we had seen. Started with Ziggler going from the commentary booth to getting into Raw Underground and start wrecking some shop until he met good old big bad boy Riddick Moss. Having a good little scrap, and then the former Universal Champion shows up. Braun Strowman came in, wrecked some shop. Now, here's where I didn't like Braun Strowman tonight. Braun Strowman, I thought what he did looked great. But, and I, I don't know if I texted you this. Yep. He ruined the mystique of Raw Underground. By posing in front of the hard camera every time. Raw Underground is supposed to feel authentic. Real. Him being in it really, really pissed me off. Why are you posing in front of me? Shut up. You don't have to do that. You could do, I would do that if they're on the ground. I would do it right now. I go, yeah. Screaming at his face or something. Exactly. What the hell? It literally broke what Underground is supposed to be in the span of two seconds. Bingo. I was like, WTF. Come on, man. Just totally ruined it for me. Totally, totally, totally ruined for me. McIntyre cut, and we talked about the Drew promo. After the Drew promo, they went back to run underground where Strowman is still plowing through everybody. Nearly fights Shane McMahon and goes, yeah! Poor Riddick Moss got beat up again, by the way. So that's two times now Riddick Moss got his butt kicked by Braun Strowman. Then we had Kevin Owens. Now, this was weird. Not a bad match. Solid action. Black had controlled the majority of the action, was focusing on Owens' leg until Owens hit the super kick. Black regained control. Looked to be moments away from winning when the lights flickered, signaling that retribution was near, which distract it distracted Black, and Owens hit the stunner. Why is Kevin Owens going over? Feels like this program just started and Alistair Black's already winning. Alistair Black attacked him before the match even started. What the hell are they doing with Alistair Black? Because this makes no sense. I don't think they know what they're doing with Alistair Black. I think they, and this is no disrespect to Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens should be treated better than he is. Anything they don't know what to do with, they put it in a rivalry with Kevin Owens. That's been the trend lately. And I hate it. If you started to think about it, look at Kevin Owens' last year. Anything that didn't have anything to do with it, like, all right, we don't know what to do with this talent, rivalry Kevin Owens. And that's getting, because Kevin Owens deserves better just because he's so damn talented. He's well on the mic. 
He's over with the fans. I don't get why he's not getting a bigger, bigger push. And you have Aleister Black go against Kevin Owens because of his eye issue, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's just like, hey, I'm pissed off. I'm taking it out on you because you're in front of me. Okay, cool. So you have Aleister Black becoming this angry guy. Why is he losing? <laughs> Why is he losing in their first match against each other in, what, like five minutes? Because they didn't even get enough time to actually tell a story in the match. When it's the first match, you want it to be a lengthy one because you want to tell the story for why you're having the match. You can't just have a squash and, oh, hey, he lost in five minutes. Okay? Why am I investing in this character? You don't want to do that? No. It's not not giving me a reason to invest on the character. So (laughs) if you don't – you're showing me that you don't give a shit about this character because you're only giving it five minutes. So if you're not caring about it, why should I? That's my biggest one. You're fired up tonight, man. I love it. Let's get you. Look at you. It's Monday after Bears win, baby. Oh, what are they? Oh, God, I forget the name. Victory Monday. Victory Monday. It's what we should have called it. Vic, we should have called this Victory Monday. A win by the Bears. A win by the Sox. Sox up the Tigers. And the Cubs got a no-hitter. What did the Cubs take? Two or three from the Brewers? Yeah, two or three. And then the White Sox extended their fir- extended their lead to two games. Oh, my God. Are they in first in the entire American League, right? Oh, yes, sir. Best team in the AL, baby. They're looking pretty good. Dude, I am going to – I said in February – I said it jokingly to my wife. And I said it to a couple of my friends. 2020 World Series champs. Look, it's a little, oh my, I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. I'm probably thinking way too much about it now. <laughs> Let's get it. They're, they're a year away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Hey, but a man can dream. A man can dream. You never know. It is baseball. You know, it I gave my wife... I was talking to Lynn. You know my wife. We were talking yesterday. Wait, who's Lynn? Get out of here. <laughs> GTFOH. <laughs> we were talking. We were eating coffee, some coffee cake, drinking some coffee. I had my White Sox mug. And I asked her a hypothetical. I'm like, if, as my son calls him, my oldest, our governor of Illinois, who my son calls Fatty. It's like, Daddy, what if I go to my wife? I'm like, what if the governor gets his head out of his tuckus and says, we'll allow whatever, 25% or whatever. Like how they're doing in the NFL. They're allowing like a certain, like a cap of fans. I told my wife, I'm like, what if Sox make the playoffs? Get through the World Series. And what if they had all fans? She's like, I'm like, would you get tickets? And she's like, yeah. Not to find out today they're doing a bubble. Man, that hurt me. I was about it to hurt. burst your bubble. It hurt me so hard. And we were eating dinner. And I told her, I'm like, they're doing a bubble. She's like, what? She's like, 
I was seriously going to get us playoff tickets. And I'm like, well, I told her, I'm like, we're either, if they go to the World Series, I think we're going to Arlington. That's where the World Series is going to be played. October 20th. So think about that. So if I'm gone, Daryl, from October 20th, and I'm gone for eight days, I am in Arlington, Texas. All right. Oh, hell yeah. I will. I already told I told Lynn. I'm like, I'm driving. You're coming. You're either with me or you're you're all in, or you stay at home. Everyone will be left behind. Children will be left behind. It'll be a solo vacation because I need it. Four days, Daryl. I love my kids, but four days. I've had them all by myself. All right, what did I tell you about children? Don't have them. Yes. I love my kids, though. My kids are fantastic. But it's a lot of work when it's by yourself. For all the single moms out there and the single dads, God bless you. You are the real heroes of parenting. You really are. Right, squad. Meeting Natalia and Lana. The so winner. I wish it didn't. <laughs> the winners <laughs> meet the women's tag team champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax at night of champions, Shayna and Nia at ringside. I was really rooting for Natalia and Lana because I am a natty fan. And Lana's great to look at. And long as Lana can stand on the rope, she can have her pretty outfit on. But <laughs> that match thankfully didn't last long. Right kick, one, two, three. What did the match last? Two minutes? I don't know. I went to the kitchen to get a snack and come back, and it was done. I was typing my notes. I looked up. I saw the kick, and I'm like, crap, it's over. So, and then, oh, but the fun was just starting. Right squad rolled out. Here came Shayna and Nia laid a beating into Nanny and Lana. Lana is the, and we'll get into this a minute. Shayna dumps Lana. Thankfully, Nia Jax did something right. Samoan dropped Lana through the table. Riot Squad, a little fearful. They're like, oh crap, we're about to get our butts kicked in 13 days at Clash Champions. But I will say this Lana is the worst talent in WWE. She is. The worst wrestler. I won't say talent because I think she cuts a good promo. I love her promos. I think her promo skills are amazing. But she sucks ass in the ring. <laughs> sucks ass. And I hate saying that. Hopefully Rusev doesn't see this and threatens to beat me up. Who's Rusev? Uh, Miro. Oh, that guy. Hopefully, Miro doesn't see this and threatens to kick my ass and threatens that I go to hell. But Watch him on Twitch. <laughs> dude, he's fun. His Twitch is amazing. But she was bad. That bump over the top was hideous. Thank God. Now, I was really wondering. When Naya was picking her up, I'm like, can't, will this spot go smoothly? For Lana's sake, it did. 
As far as I know, Lana is okay, thankfully. Because it's the last thing you needed. Then we got to what was before the main event? I didn't write it down. What happened right before the main event? Something stupid happened. Not stupid, but I just oh, it was just that. Oh, they went back to Raw Underground. Strowman took out a guy before knocking out poor Riddick Moss again. Titus O'Neil jumped in. No, that was earlier. Never mind. Wrong notes. Wrong notes. Yeah, that led Strowman to took the- out. Yeah, Riddick Moss again. Hit him with the right hands. Ziggler jumped in. Him and Moss double team Strowman. Moss beat him up anyway. Strowman says who's next, and here comes Dabacado. Shane McMahon was like a kid in the candy store. Said they will, we're going to save this for next week. I'm in. I'm in. I'm up for some Daba and some Braun. You can sign my ass up for that. I want to know who the Absolutely. Big, that big dude that was confronting them outside of the door was. Oh, the, the, the bouncer big, guy? Yeah, that, that was the, the biggest human being I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, that guy. That guy was great. No. Shane McMahon looked at him as if he was his dad and he was two years old. He's like, hey, look at this guy. <laughs> now, do you have Daba beat Braun Strowman? Depends if you want to make Luke. If you want to make uh, Raw Underground a legit thing, then yeah, you do. Because he's the biggest star that uh, the Raw Underground is producing right now. He's the guy that's like, oh yeah, Raw Underground is like, oh, this is Davos territory. If you have him just get his ass kicked by Braun, then this whole thing is... Alright, I guess it's not that big of a deal. If you have Daba go over, now we're cooking. Now we're making this thing legit. Now you're you're getting me invested. I'm like, okay, who's gonna come out now? Like, what's what's gonna happen? If there's nobody, you know, knocked Braun out, that's that's a big deal. Now let's see what else they got. But if it's something, oh, Braun showed up, power slammed him, right, it's over, I guess. Whatever. I agree. Just because this is about building stars, which it's supposed to be. WWE doesn't they don't do this very well. If they if you want to do it right, that is definitely the way to go. I would go with Dabba winning, but we shall see. Yeah. All right, let's get uh we already talked about the main event, so we will go into some little news and notes here before we get off. Jeff Hardy, who appeared destined to get the hell out of WWE, has signed a new deal. I was, and I know I'm laughing. This shocked the bejesus out of me. In an interview with BT Sport out in England, Hardy revealed that he signed a new deal and said that using his new song in the future was part of him staying with WWE. He will be using it once the WWE is able to run shows in front of crowds again. Hardy said he thinks the Hardy Boys music should 
only be for the Hardys as a team. This was... When the news came out, I did confirm it. I'm shocked. Why in the hell? Why in the hell would Jeff Hardy stay in WWE? It seemed destined he would go to AEW with Matt. You think it was because of that? It had to be. Because right now, and every report, any talent that went from WWE to AEW that just left on their own terms, WWE offered them a crap ton and a half of money to stay. Plus, Jeff Hardy's getting older. He's been having injuries. His contract was going to be 20 months extended anyway, so he might as well sign a new deal and get the most money you can. In my opinion, it's a smart move for him. Not the greatest booking move, because he's not going to be at booked as well as he would be in AEW. Yeah. But in his long-term, like, personal future, I think this is a better move. Because everybody forgets, Hardy has this music career, too, outside of outside of wrestling. You tag them with WWE, they can take you far a little bit. So, I like it. I like Person like as a fan, I hate the move. Just because I wanted to see him at AEW, I wanted to see the Hardys with the Young Bucks. Hardys oh, yeah. with Oh my God! I was that was the sole reason I was looking forward to him going. Omega versus Jeff Hardy would have been a barn burner very easily. But something else that I saw, and I saw this on like on the rumor mill, he mentioned like a week ago, I think. That he wanted to have a rivalry with The Fiend. There was a character that I've always been a fan yeah. of, but people were never a big fan of in TNA, Willow. Yeah. Everybody forgets that Jeff Hardy has this multi-dimensional character. Like Brother Nero, him, The Fiend, or not The Fiend, uh, Willow. That's an interesting story to tell. Because Willow's character was awesome. TNA just found a way to mess it up. But when yeah. it first started, the vignettes and everything were fantastic. They bring that in. That's that's a WrestleMania caliber rivalry right there. Fiend versus yeah. Willow. Pretty much. I just don't trust them to do it right. I mean, they've, they've screwed up Jeff Hardy at every turn. They beat that alcohol thing into the ground. God, you hit him in a bar fight for crying out loud. Then you have them. Um, they've had them, um, you know, kind of backhandedly mock stuff with Matt, including what happened on SmackDown where you had him like pass out and then you try to say, oh, he wasn't unconscious. Like, come on. It's like you keep doing things that you're putting him in this corner the where he's kind of like jabs at his brother, which he doesn't want to do because it's his brother. But they're doing it anyway. It's like, why would you want to stay? I was just shocked because why would you want to be in an environment like that? Yeah, it, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he had some time left on this deal. He had it wasn't twenty months. It was, I was around. It's like another nine months. He was like until the summer of I think the beginning of summer of next year of twenty twenty one. He was up, and I was really shocked when I saw that interview clip. And then I asked around, or like, yeah, and I'm like, why? Just doesn't make 
any sense. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you got the IC title. I like the storyline with Zayn and Styles. I think it's a, I think it's a good storyline. The matches will be good because AJ's great, Jeff's great, Sammy's great. So the matches will be just fine. It's just a matter of you got all I think these better these fresh matchups, and you don't even have to have Matt with you. This you can have, you can just do dream matches. Who doesn't want to see the Hardys in the Bucks? The Hardys and FTR. Jeff, like you said, Jeff and Omega, Jeff and Hangman Page. I think that would be fun. You can, there's different ways you can go with Jeff. Jeff can do singles and Jeff can do tag. Now he's doing solely sing, singles. I think that's scary. The fact that, okay, give me this theme, there's no more words. And then I'm going to, it's like, why? It's just a song. It's an entrance song. Promoter against music. I get the music. You don't want to associate it with the Hardys. I get it. That's like for the Hardy Boys. Man, I get it. That's and that's cool. And, I, and he's right on it. But it's like if you're basing it on music, I think you're. They had to throw a ton of money at him. He's a main event star. He is a star. He's a main event caliber talent. Let's just hope he's used like a main event talent. All right. Final topic. We'll get into. The world of boxing was announced. The Athletic reported it. I knew this. God, I I was telling Daryl this story. Got it confirmed. Knew it. I was told to run with it, and then I went and started playing with my son and helping him out with some school stuff, and then the news already broke. The Athletic reported, and I had it confirmed, that Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin, two will take place on November the 21st, location to be determined. It's going to be in England. That's about as much as I know at this point. I know England's starting to do test runs of limited fans and arenas. So I know the running plan is to have fans of some capacity. But the rematch will happen for the interim WBC heavyweight title on November the 21st. Pavetkin knocked out after getting dominated, including getting knocked down twice in the fourth round. Pavetkin bounced back and knocked out Dillian White in a KO of the year contender. The fight will be November the 21st, and it will be on zone Sky Sports out in Europe. Too soon, I think, here for Dillian White because that type of KO, Daryl, and you know this, you and me are students of the game. You get knocked out like that, you need a little bit of a siesta. You're coming back three months later. I think this is going to going, this, I don't, as much as I love the fight, and it was one of the best fights of the year, I don't like this idea of, of Dillian White. Exercise the rematch clause. But gosh, Geely Willikers, Batman. Wait till the beginning of 2021 and then take the fight. I don't think it'll be a long enough camp for him. Honestly, this is this is a decision basically probably made on pride. He got knocked out in the ugliest way possible. The ugliest way possible. And Dillian White is one of those boxers that will talk himself up more than anybody you know. He was probably embarrassed. He thought it was a fluke. Even though Pavekin's a tank, 
And you know what? He's like, I can prove that you're not a fluke. Go and run from there. He probably took it while the wound is still fresh. Let's see it happen. People are still going to be interested because they want to see what it's going to look like. They want to see if it's going to be a second knockout right off the bat. I'm going to watch it. I missed the first one. I'm disappointed in myself that I missed the first one. Saw the replay right after. I didn't see it live. I saw it. I saw the replay as soon as I got home. But you better believe this one I'm going to watch live. Because if Pavekin connects again with a left hook. Boom, boom. It's over. But you can still watch it. It's live and it's replayed on the zone. I'm going to pimp up my employer there. I'll I'll give the love. But no. um, That's right. I saw that the first time. (laughs) But no. I just don't. This is all types of bad, and you're right. This is more of a pride thing for Dillian White more than anything else, and this is where I wish his promoter at Matchroom, I wish Eddie Hearn would have just said, hey, you know what? You can invoke the rematch clause, which you should. You have it for a reason. Take a break. It didn't need to happen now. It really didn't. Could have waited till January, February, and it would have been just fine. I just don't think this ends well for Dillian White. Everything he worked so hard for to become the number one contender for over a thousand days, be the mandatory challenger, become the interim champion. Some could say, yeah, it was a fluke knockout and he knocked him down twice. And, you know, Pavekin did. It was a picture perfect left uppercut. You couldn't have landed it any better. But I just don't think this one will end well. Reminds me of uh, Marcus's knockout of uh, Pacquiao on their last fight. Picture perfect punch that just happened to land, and Pacquiao went night night. Boom. boom, boom. And the other rematch that was announced today, taking place in early 2021, unified. Junior welterweight champion and the undisputed welterweight women's welterweight champion Chicago's own Jessica McCaskill will be rematching Cecilia Brakis in early 2021. Location to be determined. I am told it will be in the United States and it will be on DAZN. So for everyone out there that says, "Oh, DAZN, what are you guys doing?" Just relax. Like I said Friday, just relax. Everything's fine. Yeah, there's no September schedule, which it is what it is. And some things that got in the way. But November, December, even the middle half on of October, going forward, things are looking good. So, But no, two good fights for DAZN, one in November, one in early 2021. It was a good fight, one of the best fights of the year. I had McCaskill winning a narrow decision. I just thought she over her aggression in the first six rounds of the fight. She was more active. She was landing the cleaner shots. Brakis came on later on in the fight. I had McCaskill winning six rounds to four. I'm looking forward because I thought it was a good fight. That's the thing with McCaskill. You have to get past her aggression. You have to be able. Brakis could have popped the jab all day. And I think could have won an easy decision. She had the longer reach. 
I think she's going to be like, oh, crap. I know. I see what I did wrong. Let's do what I did in the latter half of the fight. And I think we can win. But it's, hey, it's a fun fight. It's a, now, it's a bigger fight. They're going to get paid a ton of money. And you know what? That's not a bad. That's a good thing for women's boxing. Because these women need to be getting paid more damn money. And let's hope that they are three-minute rounds. These two-minute rounds are ridiculous. I don't care if they're 10 rounds. That's fine. But it, these need to be three-minute rounds. Utterly ridiculous. They get more interesting. Oh, my God. Be night and day. All right. Let's hold on one second here. I... All right, let's get to the comments. Adam Michaels. My apologies. Technical error, technical issues. Here we go. Adam Michaels is raw worth watching. Been riveted by the Sox Twins game. I would say. I wouldn't go out of your way to watch the entire show, but I would go out of my way to watch everything with Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. And also, the, and the Steel Cage match. Steel Cage match and Raw Underground. I thought Raw Underground overall was, I thought, the best. If you want to go to sleep, watch the uh, the women's title match. If you're looking to cure insomnia, ladies and gentlemen, please watch <laughs> Mickey James and Asuka. All right, Matt. Matt Ward already. Good job, Matt Ward. Props to Matt Ward. Thank you for watching. Celtics fans. Man, look at the Celtics beating the Raptors. Man. Who do you got, Celtics or the Heat? I'm, I'm jumping on the Jimmy Butler bandwagon. No. Oh, I ain't jumping on that goofballs bandwagon. Oh, no, you know why? Because no. Jimmy Buckets. Just to spite the Bulls because they – Piss me off so much. You know I what? I want Butler to prove us. I want them to prove Gar Foreman and John Paxson wrong. You I know what? Like that's why I want to see it. I hate agreeing with you. I agree with you. Stick it in their craw. Yep. Me up. Celtics fans, I'll root for the Celtics. Okay, I'll root for the Heat. But I still like those. Why WWE don't unify both titles? They don't have an enough of a tag division. They do. They just don't know how to use That's it. a great question. Isn't it? How do you not have... I think there just needs to be one unified tag champion. I agree with that. I can... Absolutely. If you do that, then you, you should do it for every title. No. Just because the tag division, it's it's huh. like it feels that way because WWE doesn't know how to use tag teams. Vince McMahon doesn't know how to book a tag team. Saves life. I'm waiting for the, hey. I'm waiting for the McIntyre Lee tag tag team run to lead up to the WWE tag because you know it's coming. You know it's coming at some point. <laughs> Talking about Keith Lee. Celtics fans leaves another comment. Triple threat match. Add Keith Lee in that match. It's a fan of Keith Lee. Hey, I love Keith Lee. So hopefully they don't go triple threat, but if they do, it wouldn't be 
wouldn't be the worst thing they did, but we'll see what happens. Matt Ward. I think Orton's going to take time off to launch his clothing brand. He did come out with a new clothing brand named Slither. Orton does come in and out, but I would find it... I would just find it odd right now, Daryl, for him to take time off considering he's on this great run. I can see after this program, if he doesn't walk out with the belt, I can see him taking a little bit of some time off to get get charged up for Mania season and get through Mania season with Edge, which I think they're going to do when Edge comes back. So maybe they wait on that. I'm not exactly sure. Another comment from Matt Ward. I thought the ref stoppage was going to lead to a screw job storyline, having the ref paid off by Lana and Natty. Hmm. Hmm. Because Natty and Lana, Lana was wondering why Mickey James got this match. That's an interesting point. What do you think? Do you think there's any credit? Because you just can't. Unless Vince McMahon is that much of a dick, which he is. But I can't see even. I can't see. I, that leads some credit in, I think. That's you an interesting what? theory that I can get. I can get behind that one. I would have loved to seen this instead of the two things that we saw earlier today. Unless it is leading to that, which I hope. Because today is uh, both of the things. Jesus. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Matt Ward's got me thinking. At almost midnight central, 1 a.m. Eastern, going prime time, baby. Early morning. Kevin Abreu. Thank you for watching, Kevin. Don't be surprised if WWE trades Bianca Belair to SmackDown for Mandy Rose to run. I love the fact our fans are discussing trades. Triple threat matches, scenarios, and storylines. You guys are awesome. Very, very appreciative. Keep it going. You know what? If you're doing woman for woman, this isn't the worst thing in the world, and this is why. They're doing absolutely nothing with Bianca Belair, but the reason it won't happen is because her husband is on Raw. And they don't want to. They don't like putting married couples on separate brands, on different shows. Now they're in Orlando, so you can technically do that. And they're going to be. They're going to be there for a while. I can't see them traveling anytime soon. But it is interesting. The draft is coming up. The draft's going to be in October, so it'll be inter- interesting to see Daryl if. Maybe she shifts to SmackDown now, and then Montez, and maybe they put Ford and Dawkins on a SmackDown. We'll see. I think that would be interesting. Agreed. Agreed. Matt Ward, Kevin, I think Billy Kay will be going to SmackDown. We talked about that already. <laughs> hey, someone said I was right about something when me and you were talking about wrestling. Yes. <laughs> Matt Ward, it made sense for Dio for him to be with Retribution because the beatdown he took for Lawler, hence why Retribution is perfect for him. I almost forgot about that Brock Lesnar beatdown. That was a bad beatdown. When, oh my god, yeah. Dio sold that like a champ. 
He sold that like a boss. That was one hell of a beating. Dio Madden sold that ass whooping like no one's business. Given nobody can can you know give an ass whooping like Brock Lesnar, but oh yeah, Matt Ward already hate the thing with Rosita. The White Sox magic number is four to make the playoffs. Boom, 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 boom. Matt Ward, you are putting me in a good mood. Not even mad anymore. Daryl's Daryl hasn't even got me really mad. I've only hit one out. It's been a good day. Good promos about Asuka style wrestling. Go with them. Oksana. Oksana, yeah. I don't know who Oksana is. You know, you remember Oksana? Oh my God. Let's correct me at word here. Oh my God, I forgot about her. Really bad wrestlers, I really tend to try to block out of my mind. <laughs> I really do. Matt Ward, possible Willow versus Fiend Feud a possibility. You and Daryl on the same page here. Okay. You know what, if, you guys are, if you guys are behind it, you know what? I'm behind it too. Matt Ward, you've been leaving a ton of great comments tonight. A lot of great comments. Let Jeremy Borish book the feud. You know what? Jeremy Borish is a very smart guy. It was He was like the glue that was... The glue that was holding a freaking impact in TNA. I love Jeremy Borish. I respect everything he has done. So, hey, I'm down for that. I think Jeremy Borish is very, 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 he was very undervalued in TNA and impact. And now he's getting his just due. He's got a big role in WWE and he'll be a big part of the Triple H regime. And we will end with that for this evening. On now it is. Tuesday, September the 15th. It's tomorrow. 2020. We went from Monday and we did a two day podcast. How do you feel? Pretty good. Not good that I have to work tomorrow, but. Daryl, where can the fans find you, my friend, on your social media? Uh, They can find me on Twitter at dywildeco21, right, right down here. And then on Instagram at Daryl Seventeen Rivera. If you want to be my friend on Facebook? My uh, name is on the description on the video. And then um, those who are friends with me on Facebook, and you are watching this, like, share, or we're gonna have issues. Those are my are friends. Not, are you begging for? Are you begging for friends? No, Seems I got like enough that. friends. Okay. Plus, I don't. I don't really talk to people on Facebook anyway. So I really don't either. I try not to. If a fan has questions, please let me know. You can find me on Twitter at smealhausenjr. My Facebook is my name right there, and I have an Instagram smealhausenmma. I keep telling you guys, I'm going going to change it tomorrow. I go back to work tomorrow for the zone and sporting news. And I will change it tomorrow because I am actually will be on the clock. So I will do it tomorrow. You can find the Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook, just the Walkway to Fight Club. Like the page. It's not hard. Sit like, follow as well. If you're watching this video on Facebook Live, simple. Just hit like. You can give a like, a love, a ha ha ha. You can give an angry face. Anything you want to do is fine by me. Any type of reaction, any type of comment, and also like and follow the page. If you're watching via YouTube, simple. Subscribe to the channel. 
hit the thumbs up or leave a thumbs down. I left in a Y at least before I cuss you out. That'd be cool. But you can do that as well. Follow us on Twitter at Walkway Fight and on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club. Also available, the audio will be up tomorrow because it is too late. So I will do it in the morning. It's simple. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Podcasts are going up, getting a lot of downloads. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. We will be back Wednesday. The Wednesday Night Wars, there are back. AEW, WWE, NXT. John Moxley will be cutting a promo. There's really nothing I know of that's going on on Dynamite besides a Moxley promo. I really don't have I don't have the, the lineup in front of me. I know NXT will have a promo by Finn Balor, the new NXT heavyweight champion. Oh, a North American title match between Damian Priest and Timothy Thatcher. Talk about a clash of styles. But I like me saying, as long as Damian Priest walks out with those girls that he had in the in the hot tub after he won the North American title at TakeOver, I'm down for Damian Priest. But that is just my humble opinion. But thank you for everyone who watched tonight. It really means a lot. It is greatly appreciated. For the sexiest man in, in all the land, the handsomest man in Puerto Rico and in North America, Daryl Rivera, I am Stephen Milhausen. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night.